Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Shewart & Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. The definition of creativity is being able to look at the same thing all of us see and notice something that most of us don't. We find examples of creativity in all walks of life, including science and business. My lunch guests today have creative new approaches to very basic issues, where you live and what you eat. Jonathan Tate is principal of a company called OJT. OJT is an architecture and urban design company that has a unique business model. Within the city's most desirable and densely populated neighborhoods, there are irregularly shaped lots that are too small to be worth anything to most developers. OJT buys these lots using innovative architecture and design builds houses, houses that are way cheaper than their high-priced neighbors. Jonathan, this is creativity on all sorts of levels. So welcome out to lunch. Oh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. The human GI tract is also known as the microbiome. Living in the microbiome, there are apparently 40 trillion bacteria. There are a thousand different species of bacteria in your gut. Over the last few years, we've become more aware of the link between diet and health. We've started taking supplements that target those 40 trillion bacteria in the form of probiotics. A local company called Microbiome Therapeutics is taking this to the next level with the development of prebiotics. Their flagship product is called Biome Bliss. Biome Bliss is a berry-flavored prebiotic blend that's made into a drink or a spread and delivers the benefits of healthy fruit and vegetables with fewer calories. Dale Post is the founder and CEO of Microbiome Therapeutics. Dale, welcome out to lunch. Thank you. Glad to be here. Jonathan, I'm going to start with you. I would think that most of us who drive around residential New Orleans would say there are very few, if any, empty lots, even small, irregular-shaped ones. Maybe we're just not noticing these lots that you're finding, or maybe you have a different method of finding them other than just driving around. Where are these irregular-shaped lots, and how are you finding them? Yeah, well, it's, it's actually, you're, you're a bit right in that case. They are difficult to see. You, you often find that they've been taken over by someone else who's, a, who's adjacent, a fence has covered them up, or uh, as is often the case, there are weeds and, and other things that don't really give you the impression. And so driving around really doesn't help, and we recognized that early on when we started our work on this. And, and actually, we use a lot of uh, mapping technology and just uh, sort of scouring uh, uh, data and resources, both from the assessor and from the city, you know, public records, basically, to try to find uh, properties. And uh, you know what else we think of is we found this after Katrina. A lot of times, the titles to property here in New Orleans is really confusing. Do you yeah. run into that? Oh yeah, a, a lot actually. And so that finding them is, as it turns out, sort of the easy part. Let's just say that <laughs> uh, trying to buy them or purchase them or, or negotiate for them is is quite complicated, as it turns out. And and uh, as most developers uh, already know, we found out in a hurry actually. So. <clears throat> and you you were. Uh, Property that I think it, one that I was looking at is St. Thomas and Ninth Street, uh, just about a I guess about a block from the block from the river. 
uh, that's how many homes you're putting together? Well, on there? that particular lot, we have 12 homes, and, and that is the uh, is actually a, pr a progression of the project that we've been working on for some time, and, and it is an elaboration on a, uh, a basic sort of idea that originated uh, with a house that's right next to those 12 units, and what we refer to as 3106 St. Thomas. So, and it was uh, literally uh, uh, a hidden lot, if you will. There was really nothing there telling you that it was a, a parcel or a property. is is basically a fragment, but we were able to locate it, and fortunately, were able to purchase it. Um, and that was the first house and the sort of, if you will, the kind of pure expression of what we were trying to you do. You know what so, I like? I like that you and your family live in one of them. Yeah, well, some skin yeah, in the game. yeah, exactly. And, th and that wasn't <laughs> pre-planned either, so I, I will say that. Now, Dale, this is not your first rodeo. You're originally from Silicon Valley. You've previously been CEO of five successful biotech companies. In the course of your career, you've raised over $300 million. You've led the merger and acquisition of nine companies, and you're launching microbiome therapeutics with Mark Hyman and John Elstrott, who, among many other notable achievements, was the founder of Celestial Seasonings and chairman of the board of Whole Foods until Amazon uh, bought them out. So Biome Bliss is hitting the market with a fair amount of firepower and know-how behind it. Uh, we'll get to all that in a minute, but first of all, the science behind this is new. Who is responsible for the scientific discovery of Biome Bliss and how did you find the product? Uh, Mark Hyman is our chief science officer, and he spent 25 years at Eli Lilly uh, studying uh, uh, drugs for obesity. And it's a very challenging area for science to pursue. And he started to find confounding or hidden variables in the experiments he was undertaking, and he began to understand that the confounding variables were the bacteria resident in the GI of the patients. And so this was uh, about 10 years ago, and, and several other scientists were beginning to see similar um, confounding variables and found that this, this field of the microbiome, which is just a very broadly impacting field of science, uh, it's perhaps one of the oldest fields of science in the sense that bacteria were discovered over 100 years ago, but their role in the GI as it relates to our health is really an exciting new area. Wow, and I assume 40 trillion bacteria in your gut is an estimate. Yeah, 40 trillion plus or minus a couple. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the issue is, is that we influence them dramatically. Uh, there's more genetic diversity in the bacteria, the different species down there, than there is in our own cells. And so if you think about what's going on there, we, in the old days we used to think food goes in the, in the mouth and out the backside and somewhere along the line energy was extracted. And now it's seen as being much deeper than that. The upper GI, the, the stomach and the small intestines, that's what's happening, energy is being extracted. In the lower GI, in the large intestines, it is resident, the food is resident there for up to 20 or more hours. And it's, it's brewing, essentially, and pre producing biomolecules. And those biomolecules are a very important part of our own physiology. They're there for our health. And so therefore, if our microbiome, the bacteria down there, get out of balance, then our health is at risk. And, and so, where are you on the timeline? I know these things take a lot of testing and such. A, uh, are you in the market yet or about to be in the market? Yeah, we did uh, two significant clinical trials at the Pennington Biomedical Research okay. Center, and uh, those clinical trials were very successful, and so we got to the point where we were able to, to launch the product uh, just a few weeks ago. Well, that is true. Now, where would we uh, find it? Do you market it to doctors? I guess it's uh, over-the-counter. Right now it's uh, on e-commerce, and so you can find it uh, at biomebliss.com. Uh, the website It's also on Amazon. What about eventually, though? Will you talk to, I keep thinking people that maybe would own a, 
uh, a gym with a nutritional uh, bent to it would be the kind of Absolutely. Post. In fact, it, it's at uh, a local gym already, uh, Prime Fitness RX, PFRX, uh, three locations here in the New Orleans area. And also we have uh, three clinics that will be launching the product in just a few weeks. And, and how does it make you feel? makes you feel good. Actually, uh, uh, people have given us uh, spontaneous feedback as to uh, how it makes them feel, and, it, and it's different. Uh, uh, there's been many people that have come back for it repeatedly because it provides regularity. Other people make reference to energy. Some people make reference to sleeping better at night. So it's uh, frequently people um, get it for leaky gut, which is a, which a is contributing amazing. factor to a lot of autoimmune diseases. Now, you're, you've created uh, a product that Initially, has no established market. How do you, how do you get it out there? Well, uh, when you look into the bi- microbiome, and any of the listeners can can Google it and take whatever disease or indication that some of your friends or loved ones might be uh, encountering, and just add that word along with the microbiome, and you'll find that there is a wealth of information. There are many, many thousands of papers, uh, scientific papers being written every year now about the microbiome. Uh, so it's now you can even read about it in, in uh, uh, newspapers at the, at the checkout stand of the uh, grocery stores. So it's no longer just a technical term. It takes the idea of probiotics to a whole other level. Probiotics are a, a limited number of perhaps a few dozen uh, bacteria types. Now that's the term most of us have heard. Yeah, pre- and, and so there's been this, this uh, for, you know, uh, pre-runner of, of uh, uh, understanding by the consumer that probiotics are bacteria that you take for your health. And what we're doing is we're looking at it from a slightly different viewpoint, is if there is something that's out of balance in your lower GI, you can go much further by feeding the bacteria there that are otherwise starving. You can have lots of food and take too many calories and actually have the bacteria in your lower GI starving. When they're starving, they're not producing those biomolecules that uh, contribute to your health. So therefore, this is a perfect circumstance where supplementation is appropriate. So we take the fermentable fibers, the prebiotics, that feed those bacteria, and we take out the calories. And so for the sake of 60 calories in a very nice drink, uh, you can get the benefit of a whole pile of vegetables and fruit that would be otherwise 380 calories. You can drink it in just a few seconds and um, have your bacteria be happy with you. Sounds Perfect. <laughs> Jonathan, I have to ask you about uh, these homes you're building. I noticed there, uh, you've got that irregular footprint, which is uh, somewhat limited, and but you're going up two or three stories. And what yeah. was all that about? Well, it's it's trying to find space, right? And in our case, if, if there's not area on the ground plane and, and, and the, um, a number of the residents that we're working on there aren't, or not enough to sustain an entire home, then you have to go vertical, basically. And so a lot of the trick that, that we're, or a lot of the, let's say, uh, a lot of the work that we do is is actually how uh, how you can configure uh, a house. We hope a family home, and they're contemporary. Um, yeah, looking. correct. Yeah. yeah, intentionally contemporary. Actually, so that that's the point. We work in historic neighborhoods, and and at the same time, so as we're working with this height and, and scale, we're worried about massing so that they don't. Uh, encroach or impede on some of the historic uh, homes that are around us and so you know it, it becomes really important that we manipulate the shape in such a way that that it's both embraces what's around it but also uh, respects it and, and stays clear of it as much as we can it's not always the case but let's do what we, what I we saw attempt a, to do a line in uh, one of i guess it was on your website but it said that the homes were the the markets that you're aiming at were the first time buyer and the last time buyer which 
sound a little creepy at the back end, but I think I think I know what you mean. It's uh, yeah. people downsizing in the back. Yeah, exactly. That was the idea. And part, and again, part of it is the the neighborhoods that we're working in, where you see people that are trying to buy in and they're having a hard time finding access or, or finding homes that they can afford um, as initial homes and where start home comes from. But then also, as you begin to downsize, uh, we were seeing people actually priced out of their neighborhood. So let's say they remove the equity out of the home that they've lived in for years, but they were sort of forced to move somewhere else and so as a as a phenomenon we were looking at from both ends well, what does city planning and neighbors think about what you do well they you know it's actually it's interesting because it's evolved and, and I have to say early on uh, we, we spent a lot of time working with city planning and, and discussing with them uh, what sort of opportunities existed in these let's say fragments of land um, because at first you wonder it's like well no one's ever built there so I guess you just can't do it and then you start doing your own research you realize that they do try to accommodate for the redevelopment of these properties and so city planning has actually been aware of what we were up to and they appreciated um, not to speak for them, but I believe they appreciated uh, uh, our using what would be fallow or unused land and turning it over to housing, right, which is a, a desire I think everyone has is if we can, or at least they have, let's say that they can help densify some of these neighborhoods that people want to live in. Neighbors a little more complicated, and, and that's uh, and I think early on there again with some of the first houses that we were working on, uh, there, there's certainly uh, a lot of misgivings, let's say, from the folks that did talk to us about it. Um, about one, you know, is is a, a site like this appropriate for a home? Which you know, in the, in the home that I'm referencing is the third back to the 3106 house, which, as it turns out, there was a house on there historically. So it's you know, it, it did it did have a home on it, just wasn't there anymore. So that was one side of it but then two contemporary housing and in the historic neighborhoods I know is a, a sensitive to topic to a lot of people that live in those neighborhoods so and I think there again over time and not to speak for anyone is that they've opened up a little bit to what we're trying to achieve and um, and uh, we don't hear as much pushback how about that you're listening to out to lunch I'm Peter Raschuti I'm talking with Jonathan Tate from architectural and design company OJT and Dale Post from Microbiome Therapeutics, the makers of Biome Bliss. Dale, I've got to ask you, with, with these nutritional kind of things, first of all, the, the shelves are full of them uh, when you go to a, oh, and here it comes out of a magic bag. This is great. This is, uh, thank you. <laughs> we'll make sure we get a photo of this. This is, a, this is, oh, we're going to drink it? Yeah. Oh, it my God. got some for you right oh. here. Yeah. We're going to oh. fix your microbiome right now. Oh, my God. This is so great. It was just bothering me. There's, um, <laughs> First time it has been served to commanders, I believe. But it's uh, yeah, yeah. oh, so you're gonna you're gonna do it too? No, this is oh, this for Jonathan. Yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. all right. So I always like yeah, you. Absolutely. Okay, there's yeah. something. <laughs> so during the the clinical testing, we actually uh, determined that um, individuals that had been taking this for four it's weeks, they yeah. had higher levels of satiety. And so for subsequent meals for several days, they had a, a sense that they were going to be eating smaller meals and that they had been eating smaller meals. Uh, another clinical uh, trial, these were done as, as if they were pharmaceutical type trials, so this double-blinded, placebo-controlled, randomized trial, so it's a real deal at Pennington. The other thing was that the blood sugar levels uh, were also uh, uh, decreased, so if you, if you take a, a, a dollop of sugar, just like a piece of pecan pie, your blood sugar gets spiked and it comes down over a period of time. And that constant spiking of your blood sugar in the, uh, is, is the sort of thing that over, over the years sort of wears out your, your so system. If somebody was so this diabetic for instance, this be, might... It'd be perfect uh, because it, it makes those spikes smaller and shorter in time. 
And the other thing was GI health, so people found a higher degree of regularity. So it was, uh, those were the three endpoints in our, our clinical trial that came out very positively. I've got to ask, you came here from Silicon Valley. Uh, um, are there more that want to come? Because we definitely could use a lot more of you. Uh, what, brought, what brought you here? Uh, so uh, my wife is from New Orleans. Oh, that always that's, helps. That's how they get you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think the idea of New Orleans and, and living here is fantastic. I, I grew up in Silicon Valley, and there's lots of aspects of that that I really enjoy. I just came from there a few days ago where my parents still live. And uh, so it's uh, vibrant, and, uh, and yet there's um, a, a soul here. And there's family-run restaurants that have been there for generations and uh, walking distance to uh, grocery shopping and very fine restaurants. So I enjoy being here, and I also enjoy getting out to uh, other locations and um, seeing, seeing high-technology things. And Jonathan, did you bring a house? Because it was awful nice. Yeah, to well, the drink. I, here, let me go out to my car. I'll be right <laughs> yeah, back. So, yeah, yeah, no, afraid not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but when you're, uh, this has been, uh, you mentioned about a dozen homes that are over there. Um, is that the way each one's going to go? Is, are you looking for multiple family uh, homes in a, a single lot? Well, yeah, and, and actually, you know, it's a good question. The, the, as we started out with the, with the project, it, it has, as I said, it's evolved, right? So we began with one idea and one idea about how we would develop this project. Well, it turns out a lot of effort went into this one home on this one lot. So what are the other things we could do to, uh, to make it a little less uh, tedious as we move through the city? And, and one house is important. We, you know, appreciate making that thing, but it's not impactful in a way that, you know, multiple would be and so as we were working through this we were actually up to I think our 15th home in total if you look at the lineage of houses so we started with the one on St. Thomas there's a, another project on Felicity that we completed um, which I can describe in detail if you like there's another project on South Saratoga so further uptown and then we came back to the uh, St. Thomas site where that was the first uh, location we were able to aggregate. Otherwise, it was individual homes, basically. So. You know what I was interested in, actually probably a little nervous about, is you're building them on spec, mm -hmm. and you've got a very different Rightful concept. to be nervous about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, You know, you've got to convince them of more... You've got to convince this buyer of more than uh, more things than just a regular, regular established yeah. home would be. Yeah, yeah, and, and actually, the the spec piece was really important. I mean, for for two things, and and at, at different levels, right? Like as as an architect. I think historically we we have sort of moved away from and 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 been removed from the idea of speculative housing, single family speculative housing, right? It, especially let's say contemporary design speculative single family housing, it just doesn't it just doesn't exist. And the the uh, or or as a profession, like I said, we're not engaged in that as a practice. And and quite a bit of housing in this country gets built under those terms, right? If you think about greenfield residential development, there's no architect involved, at least not at the Maybe at the origin of the project, but certainly not at its inception uh, on the site. The um, and so it was uh, from that standpoint. We we thought it was important to engage in that as a discussion and see how we could move it along from again professional perspective. Here, it's like we're architects. Why aren't architects talking about this? Let's go try to talk about it, right? So, the, all of this in, in many ways is an applied research project. I should you say. Teach so, it yeah. right? So well, it did, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Still uh, having to fill. Might as well have those free kids work on uh, well, this stuff. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that'd be that'd be a lot. I do that yeah. too. It's yeah. not a sin, really. Really. I mean, <laughs> um, yeah. So it, in some ways, it's an experiment, right? So you're right. The speculative piece of it is the on the on the other hand is like nobody's going to come and ask us to do this so we had to go out and do it basically that was our at least our position anyway so 
And Dale, the other projects you had, the companies you've had before, you've eventually they've ended in a sale. Um, what about something like this? Would you be, what's the end game, I guess? The, selling the product, selling the company? Uh, yeah, for, for the companies I've started before with uh, IPOs uh, as an exit oh. for the investors and also trade sales to uh, larger companies. So the microbiome is, is about as hot as it gets in biotechnology right now. And so uh, it's interesting is, is it's at the interface between food and medicine. And I think that, that interface is really quite an exciting area to be in. So it's, it's a, a way of actually doing a lot of good without actually using chemicals. These, the, the materials that we have in this product are uh, um, derived from food. They're um, safe. There is literally nothing more basic than uh, food and shelter, although we have been eating and building homes for ourselves for millions of years. The science of nutrition and architecture continue to evolve. When you think about it, that's not all that surprising. We'd expect humans to make progress in these fields. What is perhaps less expected is that this evolution would have such significant contributions from here in New Orleans. Dale and Jonathan, this has been an educational conversation to say the least. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Jonathan Tate, principal of OJT and Dale Post, founder and CEO of Microbiome Therapeutics. You can find out more about Jonathan's Homes and Dale's Biome Bliss by following the links on our website, itsneworleans.com. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Maggie Mendel. You can listen to the show and to past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and itsneworleans.com. Orleans Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday to Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music, and dinner seven nights a week. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitchell's music is available wherever great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. And by Shuerton Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness. Additional support for Out to Lunch comes from Basic Swim and Gym, Travel Central in Metairie, and Strategic Resumes. 